This episode of Guitar Radio Show is brought to you by Nico's USA Pickups. The quintessential pickup is finally here to capture the essence of the best vintage and modern tones on the planet. We all know there are certain periods that have captivated guitar players because of their cherished tones. Nico's USA pickups are handmade and designed to deliver just what you're looking for. Made in America, incorporating period-specific materials for the most discerning guitarist. The tone will easily captivate your ears with an amazing balance of highs, mids, and bass response, yielding unprecedented sound and feel. Authentic tones from authentic materials, handcrafted in the USA, Nico's USA Pickups. Go to nicosusapickups.com for more information. And also by... Killer B Guitars. Custom guitars proudly made in Memphis. For more information, go to KillerBGuitars.com. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 89 of Guitar Radio Show. That's right, 89. A show dedicated to all things guitar, dedicated to the guitar player, guitar builder, gear maker, and purveyors of those items that you may not know about, but you should. I'm your host, Mark Dave, and today is one of those again. We have a great guitarist. He's from uh, he's from Austin, Texas, by Austria. That was a it was a long trip there. Trying to get your ticket stamped for that one. Mister Ulrich Ellison is here to talk to us today. He's got a new record out, or his latest record out, and we're going to talk to him about that. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. Some great tunes. Folks, don't forget about GuitarRadioShow.com. Check us out over there. We've got some uh, more giveaways coming up soon, soon to be announced, very, very soon. Some cool stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Folks, you can hear the show on GuitarRadioShow.com, obviously. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, PodBay, Podomatic, Podbean, Player FM, all of those places. When you do, please rate, review the show, and uh, it really helps us out a lot. You can check us out, of course, on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and all those places. And Google Plus, don't forget about that, too. So check us out there. Um, wanted to mention, uh, you heard the Killer Bee spot at the beginning of the show. I will be with the Killer Bee folks playing my new Killer Bee guitar at Guitarlington this October. So I'll be with them at the booth, and uh, come on by and visit. Come on by, say hello. We will uh, be talking all things Killer Bee Guitars while we're there. So, just wanted to remind you about that. We've got a cool episode coming up very soon about Gibson Guitars. Steve Cohn and Adam P. Hunt and I got together to talk about the future of Gibson Guitars and see where they're at and what's going on over there because we love that brand and we want to see it survive. We, we, we know it will. It's just what will it look like down the road. And uh, we speculate. Um, what else do we have going on? Of course, Adam's blogs, don't forget about that, every other week, so two a month, uh, you'll see those on Thursdays. Well, let's get right to it. Let's hear some Ulrich Ellison tunes. 
some excerpts, and then we're going to get right into the interview. Guitar Radio Show, guitarradioshow.com. Folks, welcome to Guitar Radio Show, Mr. Ulrich Ellison. How are you, sir? Hey, it's great to hear you, Mark. I'm doing great today. Good, I'm glad. You have a new record out. It just came out in April. It's called Dream Chaser. Folks, you can go to ulrichellison.com 
and check out the Tribe Store there, and you can download it right from the website there. Is that not so? That's right. Yeah, we got our own Tribe Store, and we got all kind of goodies there, too. You know, we got a new Dream Chaser t-shirt and koozies and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Now, you're a guitar player here in Austin. That's right. but you have you have interesting roots, and I want to get into that because I really I love to talk about where what ge- what geography does to a guitar player and uh, or to musicians in general, and what it does for them and how it influences them. Uh, I know you're a classically trained guitarist, but you're also uh, you you lean heavily into the blues and you drift into funk, and uh, and you do it very well. I might add. Oh, thank you. Um, but you're born in Austria. Yes. And what was it there? Was it anything there? Was it what? What in your surroundings and who was your influence early on to make you say, "I want to do this"? Well, you know, generally speaking, you can't underestimate what huge of an influence culture has. I'm a young musician and just the culture I grew up in and, you know, including all the nature around in, in, in Austria. I mean, I grew up pretty, pretty close to the Alps. My grandfather had a mountain hut, you know, he was with the, the mountain scouts basically and he would just take me up on, on like 10,000 feet peaks, you know, at age 12. So I would be hiking a lot and I do believe that the landscapes that you live in, you know, they, they kind of shape, shape the, your music. Uh, just if you think of country or Texas blues, you know, or think of CC Top, you kind of hear that dry desert sound almost, you know. <laughs> so naturally, because of that, I think my music has different imagery and different colors than, than your typical, like, blues rock guitar player. And then to the, all the classical influence and studying at the University of Music uh, of Vienna in Austria, I was just surrounded by, you know, the classical world. I mean, the heritage of Mozart and Beethoven and then Schoenberg and, you know, a whole different universe, basically. And at the same time, I was playing rock and roll and I studied gypsy jazz and other jazz styles. So... Uh, it, it all kind of, at some point, it all started making sense where music, you know, becomes a language and, and not just like a genre or a style that you play, mm-hmm. but just uh, a certain freedom where you can express yourself and find your own voice, you know, that is shaped by all these different influences and everything I just mentioned, you know. And then coming to Texas, of course, you know, that was another Yeah, I mean, how does somebody make that move from Austria to Austin, <laughs> Texas? Yeah, yeah, I didn't even plan on that. Uh, it kind of fell in my lap. Uh, I heard about a scholarship called the Fulbright Scholarship, and it's one of the greatest things, uh, one of the best scholarships. Uh, you basically, once you get accepted, you get a $25,000 grant and and a study place, like a grad study place somewhere in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I decided 
excited for UT Austin just because I knew about the Austin music scene. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really my plan to be in academia, but uh, I'm a player. I wanted to come to Austin. So it was a perfect excuse to make that move to Austin <laughs> and have enough of a backing, financial backing, to pull it off. And my wife, yeah, she's a musician too, she's a bass player in my band. She came along with me, so the whole family relocated to Austin in 2007. Ah. Well, that's cool. I mean, you know, I mean, I know what it's like to be from somewhere else and <clears throat> and have the allure of Austin. Uh, there is just there's mojo in the streets. There's, yeah. It's in the air. It's in the streets. It's in the it's in the pavement. It's it's in the water. So I, yeah. I, I totally get that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so when you first got here early on, did you, was it immediately plunge into the academia and then, and then later on start to say, well, I'm going to get out there and play a bit? Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the UT school of music cycles, it was a perfect launching pad because all the teachers in the jazz department are heavy players and are heavy cats, you know, like uh, uh, Brandon Temple, for example, the drum instructor back then, he played with Janet Jackson and Robin Ford and Eric Johnson, mm-hmm. all kinds of guys. Mitch Watkins, you know, he plays with Lyle Lovett, played with Leonard Cohen. So uh, there, was, there was a real connection to the music industry and especially uh you know, the, at the elephant room, uh, all the teachers would play at the elephant room regularly. Yeah. So basically, you'd have your lesson, and then Monday night, you'd go to the elephant room, to the <laughs> jazz jam, and jam with your teachers <laughs> in front of an audience. And so it, it didn't take long for me to start playing and uh, get out of the academia right. world. And, you know, I played the, the jazz orchestra, UT's Jazz Orchestra and then another the Austin Jazz Band and so there were like 30 horn players in both of those bands and immediately started playing in other bands that those guys were playing at and there aren't that many guitar players in Austin that can read music so there's a little bit of a niche for you know guys like that where you can play uh, church gigs and maybe pit orchestra gigs or wedding gigs right What's it like when you get back to Austria to play? It's great, you know. It's uh, it's like connecting the cultures. Yeah. Yeah, because people are they they like the American sound and you know the Austin Texas vibe and so on. So I'm kind of in both worlds, and I 
think that it's really cool how music can connect cultures. Oh, no, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, and, you know, America being such as it is, is, is such a melting pot anyway of, yeah. of sound and culture and food and people. And I mean, it's it's uh, it's got that going anyway. And and then to, and then to go and pick it up and take it around the world. It's uh, it's just spreading the goodness around. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're such a. Um, a fluid player, and and you and it's interesting, folks. If you go to YouTube, 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 and YouTube, and check out some of uh, some of the videos there of you on stage, you are are very comfortable on stage, and you're an incredibly fluid guitar player. Um, is is there is there somebody in your past that was? That was like okay. I mean, because you're, you know, you you are you're you're, dif- you're drifting off into these blues areas, but you're not your typical blues guitarist at all. Like, as a matter of fact, when first time I heard you, I said, "Well, I, I can't really pin him down to any one category because of the, the, you know, like the songs can be can be bluesed." And blues based or blues influenced, but then the lines that you play on top are something else entirely. How do you explain that? Uh, yeah, you know, er, early on, I mean, first I started out on piano. Mm-hmm. And so when I got my first guitar at like age 13, first electric, uh, I would just apply everything I'd learned as a piano player on the guitar and play classical pieces, you know, and then come up with, with my own things, uh, just explore modes and, and different moods, and, and just stuff that I, you know, all the sounds that I already had in my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until later where I really started listening to other guitar players. So I think that that first period was somewhat important where, you know, the just the orchestral quality and the wide range of the piano had an impact on me. Yeah. And just like you play an arpeggio all over the piano like that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm kind of leaning towards getting that sound on the guitar where you just make use of the full range of the instrument uh, and all the tonal palettes and all the, the mm-hmm. scale colors and all. I just love all those colors. You know, that's an interesting thing that you said too because... You do. You play the guitar like a pianist plays the piano. It's it's very laid out and and spacious. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. It's it's very different than what I'm used to, especially for mm-hmm. especially for blues. Yeah. 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 I agree. You know, I wasn't a blues player when I was like a teenager or so. You know, I played everything else, but all the music I played. Somehow was related to the blues, you know. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I would, I would maybe you know listen to Joe Satriani or so, and then kind of over Joe Satriani discover Jeff Beck, mm-hmm. and then discover Eric Clapton and Cream, you know, and then so I would kind of work my way back in a way. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, that that happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, and then you know where do you end up? You end up with uh, Robert Johnson, John Lee Hooker, Hubert Sumlin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
So tell me about the new record, Dream Chaser. Um, well, the new record is probably the most rootsy I've ever sounded. And at the same time, it's, it's pretty much a pop, a pop record, or at least it has a pop appeal to it. Um, for, you know, it's, uh, it's just a, a more easygoing mix of, of all the, all the different styles that, that are swirling around. I think my former records, they were more all, all over the place, all over the map. Almost like, you know, you have like one musical topic and then you have one rock song, you have one more classical symphonic type instrumental and then you maybe have an acoustic song, you know, and, and a funk, funky kind of thing. And, and this record Dream Chase, I think it's more cohesive as far as the songwriting goes, as far as the guitar style goes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as far as the lyrics and, and all the meaning goes, you know, it, it's very influenced by just following your dream and uh, stick, sticking to your inner voice and mm -hmm. following your instinct and, mm -hmm. and, you know, living the dream, basically. That's cool. That's really cool. So, um, you, you, you're you one of those guitar players that has an interesting tone as well. I mean, you have your own sound. Um, did that did that take you a long time? Was that something that took a lot of years, or is it something you're still chasing, or what? No, I pretty much think that, you know, sound-wise, I sounded pretty much the same when I was, like, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. But you just refine and like a sculptor, you know, it just gets more elaborate and you get more aware of who you are with the years, as you know, you've been playing much longer. And then, you know, especially if you play so many shows, I mean, since I've been here in Austin, you know, I've, I've played like, just playing two, 250 shows a year. Uh, I played more shows in one year and all the time before, basically, you know. <laughs> Since I came here, and of course that that mileage really shows uh, as far as the development of your sound and everything. Yeah, when you when you first got things started here on your own, what was the, what was the uh, first club you played in Austin? Do you remember? Uh, the first club was probably the Elephant Room. Uh huh. And then, you know, the first club with my band was pretty soon, we played at Covitas, and then we played at Anton's. Uh, at the, I think it was the blues, com blues competition, and so and that kind of started from there. Uh, became regulars at Momo's. Right. It's not around anymore, and then, yeah, in the meantime, we played pretty much anywhere in town. Yeah. I'm waiting for the new Antones. I keep yeah, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the roost up north Yeah, uh, really has a very similar vibe. I don't know if you've been there, it's pretty close. Yeah, to our yeah it's pretty yeah, close, yeah. This David Cotton, you know, uh, steamboat and was also booking anthems and so. Yeah. I think he did I, an excellent job to recreate that vibe. Yeah, I've seen, I said Jimmy Vaughn there. It was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So let's talk about gear. I love to talk about gear. <laughs> what, 
with, with you, do you have a, do you have a, uh, I mean, like when you were working with the new record, did you use a bunch of guitars or was it just kind of one guitar? Um, I've been a sore endorser now since 2006 and I really love those guitars. Uh, they're 50 custom shops, Sander guitars that John Sewer yep. used to work for the famous custom shop. Yep. But then he did a few things uh, to develop the design and I really think he's uh, making great, beautiful guitars for any type of player. I mean, from like strats type guitars to more modern, you know, 80s Hale types and even, you know, very modern type. And so, yeah, that's my main guitar and I pretty much played on all the tracks. And then I have a few specialty guitars. I have two guitars by Roland Hauke. He's a guy from Austria and he just hand cars the most amazing designs that you can imagine. Uh, one guitar is a long scale that looks like an alien battle axe. <laughs> it's like a weapon and it has seven pickups with two outputs. You, you can put the humbuckers and single coils with different outputs. And uh, yeah, it produces some amazing tones. And yeah, I got another one that is a short scale. It kind of looks like a loot. Oh, wow. And yeah, you, you have to see them to really, I mean, you, you see a picture and you say, wow, what's that? Right. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, on the long scale guitar, I like to play the bow on it because it sounds like a cello. It's a beautiful sound. Cool. And so, you know, that's a good way for me to bring in some more classical, classical textures. Cool. And um, and what about using pedals? Or are you not into pedals? Are you straight into the amp? Or Oh, yeah. I like to use pedals, but um, I'm kind of limiting myself. Uh, uh, I've tried different tube screamers, basically. Uh, my amp is pretty low wattage, so it drives it into tube saturation pretty quickly. So I usually you know, just use a tube screamer mm-hmm. to and additional gain stage and uh, I really like uh, maximum sonic distortion which is like a tube screw with a little more bass hmm. and it, uh, it's a little more a little beefier right and uh, yeah I have different delay pedals sometimes I like to mess with delays and, and create different spaces I also have a stereo setup that I sometimes use um, and you know, uh, Arian chorus pedal that sounds like a Leslie. That's cool. I love that Leslie sound. Yeah, yeah, but you know, basically, I mean, it's beautiful if you can create a lot of textures with your playing, uh-huh. different techniques, and so, so I'd much rather have a nice, clean amp that just lets all the nuances of the guitar speak. Well, especially a, a good guitar, you know, something, I mean, that's the most important thing I look for is, is, can I hear the wood Yeah. in the instrument, you know? Um, yeah. You know, and the same goes for the amplifier, too. I mean, some amplifiers are just, you know, uh, they're just, they're just properly 
prepared to properly properly biased in a way that gives you a tone like no other i mean you can have two marshals sitting side by side and they're going to sound different two fenders sitting side by side and they're going to sound different too what are you using as far as amps Uh, i'm using grammatical amps right now there are hand-filled amps here from austin texas uh, you can go to grammaticalamps.com and John Grammatica also builds amps for Jimmy Vaughn. Uh, I think Jimmy played like five of his Aceman models. Mm-hmm. And I think Doyle Bramhall has some of his amps and also Red Volpert. So they're basically a beautiful Aceman design based amps. You know, mine has a little bit more of a martial voicing. So a little more English tone. Yeah, yeah, a little more crunchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what? 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 Uh, you guys are getting ready to go on the road again, or you're going to be doing some? Sh- I know you got some shows coming up around here, but are, are you hitting the road again for, for uh, yeah. support of Dream Chaser? Uh, we're playing uh, Independence Day Festival in Cedar Park in Milburn Park this Saturday. And then we have a show at one to one the same night at ten o'clock, which is a guitar bill featuring Jake Andrews, Andy McIntyre, David Spann, and my band. So it's gonna be an awesome guitar night. Oh, cool. And and then we're leaving town, uh, we'll be on vacation for three weeks in Europe and then we're playing two club dates and the festival date in Germany on August first. And then we'll be back in Texas and, you know, play some local dates here. Yeah. Cool. So what, what's your, what's your, what's ahead for you? What would you like to see happen for you as far as your career? Well, uh, I'm just hoping to reach as many people as possible with, with my guitar playing and my songs. And, you know, I mean, I don't care about being famous, but it's just like if you are a household name, a name or people recognize you, you know, and your guitar sounds. I mean that, that that's what I'm working towards, both as a musician and you know with everything that surrounds it. Because you know, of course, playing music is only one part of of what we do. You know, I wish it would just keep being on stage and creating. Mm-hmm. But being a musician has a lot of different tasks and stuff you need to do. Yeah. Do you, Do you find that when you when you get out of Austin? I mean, because Austin in in many ways is like a bubble. It's in a bubble of mm-hmm. you know everybody knows when you're here or if you live here that wow. I'm lucky. I've got all this music I can turn to. You know, and there's other cities like that in America. There's Nashville. You know, certain areas of Chicago. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. But do you find that when you when you hit some of the other areas in the country that aren't like that, do you find it's a harder? Do you find it's a harder sell? Well, I, I think that the bubble in Austin is really bursting in a way, you know, because, uh, I mean, Austin is growing so fast and there's so many different things happening right now, you know, if you think think of the traffic situation or the downtown mm-hmm. growth and mm-hmm. the, all the construction. And so uh, Austin is quickly shifting. And I think that 
the live music and, and the clubs, you know, are basically uh, they're a little bit in danger of uh, being being grinded between the wheels in a way. Well, yeah. But I think it, it's also a good development in a way that you know, as an Austin band, you just cannot allow yourself to just do it at Austin. Right. Whereas maybe in, in the 80s or so, you know, it could just be an Austin musician and play locally and be ha live ha happily after, ever after South Austin. And these days, you know, you kind of have to have uh, a global spin on things. Or maybe it's because I'm from Austria, so I have the perspective built in. But I'm, you know, very well aware of different markets and, uh, you know, want to try to be present in, in the European blue scene and work that market and then the the club scene all over the U.S., you know, there's still a the kind of old school blues and blues rock clubs that are maybe getting less, but they still exist. And then also there's the Asian market and so, you know, that don't have much experience yet, but I'm convinced that once, once you have your name established here in the U.S. and you have a strong brand, then, you know, you, you can pretty much go anywhere. There's definitely every, uh, there's a market for a unique guitar sound. Well, I couldn't agree with you more in regards to in regards to Austin and, and how. It, I mean, the, I don't know if you read the music report that came from the from the state, but uh, or actually from the city. Um, that yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the average Austin musician makes twenty five thousand dollars a year. Yeah, and you can't live in Austin proper or many of the surrounding communities for $25,000, making $25,000 a year. So, and those, those 25000 by the way, include the side jobs. It's not only the musical income, it's total income. Right, and, total know, income. And the musical musician also has one or two side jobs. Right. Oh, yeah. Right, absolutely. So, you know, and then and then you factor in the fact that, that you know, now there's... Um, you know, they're building condos and houses and apartment buildings next to places that have been loud music venues for decades. And now they're complaining <laughs> that it's too loud in the neighborhood. And so, you know, so you hear people like, like you hear like the Saxon pub thinking about moving. Yeah, yeah actually they are moving. You know, they're going to open up the second location. But I heard that uh, that second location, which is going to be down uh, south, south of 290. Oh, man. Uh, that's going to be the original Saxon pub, like the, you know, the Americana-based one. And then the Saxon pub on South Lamar is going to be a more modern type club for rock bands and all kinds of acts. That's, it's, it's bizarre to me. It is bizarre, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, you're right. You're, you're you hit the nail right on the head, and and you're smart because you are. You're thinking more globally. That you know, you can't just at the same yeah. At the same time, you know, I do I do want to address that we as musicians we're usually bad about uh, just grouping ourselves and you know lobbying 
because we are all cooking our own soup in a way. And so I've been active in some ways uh, just to try to contribute to, you know, to form a sense of community. And there's different initiatives uh, also with the, there's an Austin Music Commission and uh, they basically advise the, the Austin City Council. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's different things happening all the time. So I think if you really call Austin your home and you're a professional musician, you have a certain responsibility and duty uh, to become part of the future of Austin. And as far as live music is going to play a part in that. And you, you can't just sit around and, and bitch about the condos and and the, the gigs, you know, not paying enough. I mean, we, we hold our own future in our hands. Yep. That's true. We we do have to be all together on this to make to make a change and to and to yeah. and to preserve. We are a large voting group. You know, this census also showed that there was like four thousand people involved in that. And you know, do you think how many people didn't know about the census? I mean, there there's just a large number of professionals. Mm -hmm. And I think it, we're larger than police and, and firemen, which is. Yeah, the large lobbying group in Austin. Right. Well, and, you know, if they want, yeah. if, 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 you know, if the Chamber of Commerce wants to continue to call it the live music capital of the world, <laughs> then they better, yeah. they better listen. It is true. It's true, you know, but we are also the ones that need to point that out and be present and, and show we uh, right, folks. helping, you know, clubs with tax breaks and just ways that fulfill that live music of the capital of the world slogan. I'm, I'm with you all the way. And I'd love to, and when we, when we, when we, when we finish up here, I want to talk to you more about that. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> hope we didn't go overboard. No. no, man, not at all. Not at all. That's what this show is all about. It's, it's about, inf it's about information. Well, Ulrich, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, you're welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me. Folks, you can go to UlrichEllison.com and get yourself a copy of Dream Chaser. It's his latest record. It will do you good. I highly recommend it, folks. You can also, you can also uh, check him out on YouTube. You can connect with him on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Anywhere else that they can reach out to you? I can always send me a message on my website. Okay. Folks, check it out. UlrichEllison.com. Ulrich, thanks so much for being on the show. Uh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Hold on one second. We're going to sign off right here. Awesome. Thanks. Well, there you have it, folks. Awesome guitarist. Great guy. Really interesting to talk to. Uh, thanks so much, Ulrich. Folks, check him out on his website. And uh, in the meantime, we got to get out of here. But don't forget guitarradioshow.com. Don't forget all those fine people over at Killer Bee Guitars, Nico's Pickups, uh, Nico's USA Pickups, I should say. Um, great stuff. Loving it. And um, we'll see you on the next episode of Guitar Radio Show. In the meantime, take care of each other, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you soon. Peace.
and say, you, Ed. I like this crowd already. Production.